you're tuned in to the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. Powerful ideas to rock your restaurant. Here's your host, Roger Bodwin. Guys, I love talking to so many interesting people on this podcast. You know, this week's episode, no exception. I'm so excited to bring you Ms. Renee Scott, and she is the Chief Marketing Officer of a fast-growing California concept. It's called Ike's Love and Sandwiches. So exciting because there is so much to talk about here. Everything from their strategy to pivot during the pandemic when it first hit, right up to the buzzworthy promotions and really innovative marketing ideas they continue to come up with. You know, their tagline is really, this ain't your mama's sandwich shop, and that is so true, but especially from a marketing standpoint, it's all about hooks, it's all about creativity, it's all about, you know, the iconic personality of the owner and founder, Ike, who really continues to innovate this shop and come up with new sandwich ideas all the time. This is probably one of the most competitive spaces in the restaurant business, the sandwich space. We all know the leading players out there, national chains. Well, Ike's is going head-to-head with them, and you're going to find out why. So stay tuned. Don't miss it. And thanks to the Restaurant Rockstars Academy for bringing us this week's episode. Stay tuned. People go to restaurants for lots of reasons. What the customer doesn't know is the thousands of details it takes to run a great restaurant. This is a high-risk, high-fail business. It's a treacherous road, and smart operators need a professional guide. I'm Roger. I've started many highly successful, high-profit restaurants. I'm passionate about helping other owners and managers not just succeed, but knock it out of the park. You don't just want to run a restaurant. You want to dominate your competition and create a lasting legacy. Join the Academy, and I'll show you how it's done. Welcome back, everyone, to the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. These are engaging topics that help restaurants rock their profits, build their brands, and deliver amazing guest service experiences. With me today, Ms. Renee Scott, and she is the Chief Marketing Officer of Ike's Love and Sandwiches. It's got 80 locations. It's a cult favorite sandwich shop, and I'm excited to have you here, Renee. Thanks, and welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Thanks, Roger. Well, you have quite the illustrious marketing resume. I studied marketing myself in graduate school, but you've worked for some of the top, you know, country's well-known chains, and now you're at Ike's. But before we begin, you know, what's your backstory? How did you get into hospitality, and how did it lead to your current position? Yeah, thank you. Um, well, I mean, I I started out my working life in hospitality. I was a, a waitress at an old-fashioned ice cream parlor. Some of you might remember the Farrell's chain, and it was uh, a, a chain just like that. And I continued working as a server throughout my college career, worked uh, worked my way through college as a, uh, a waitress, and then uh graduated in communications. And as I went out into the world, I decided to take a little detour and visited a friend on Maui um, and stayed there for three years, went for three months, stayed for three years, um, where I continued to work uh, at the Hyatt right on the beach. And um, so when I came back, the transition after, you know, 10 or so years in hospitality, the transition was, was, pretty natural in that I took what I had learned in school about marketing and advertising and just parlayed it into what I loved, um, the hospitality industry. So 
um, like I said, it was a pretty easy transition. I, I had my first marketing, restaurant marketing job with uh, Carl's Jr. as the field marketing manager in Northern California, working with franchisees and being the liaison with the company marketing programs and spent 12 years at Carl's Jr., which was a amazing um, um, study in really structured marketing and uh, restaurants. It's an amazing organization. And I, I learned so much through that, that group and those people that were there. Uh, after that, I was chief marketing officer for Roundtable Pizza, another West Coast pizza chain, and then moved to Togo's. Togo's a 250-unit sandwich chain, again, based here on the West Coast. And at Togo's, I started keeping my eye on this up-and-coming chain called Ike Sandwiches. And they had started with one restaurant created by our founder, Ike Shahada, uh, opened in the Castro District in San Francisco on Halloween. Uh, he famously tells a story, he didn't sell one sandwich day one. But before you knew it, there was just a line out the door, to sometimes up to two or three hour waits for sandwiches. So, you know, here I was at Togo's, a, a big, you know, at that point, 250 units, you know, just looking at this little guy going, ah, it's a flash in the pan. This is nothing. Nothing's going to come from this. People aren't going to wait three hours for sandwiches forever. But, um, but they did. <laughs> they continued to wait. And um, as my time ended at Togo's, uh, it was a great transition for me to come on board as chief marketing officer at Ike Sandwiches. At that time, we had about 55 units. So I had seen them from afar. Um, but once I got inside and could experience the culture, it just it feels like home for me. You're touching on a key word, culture, which is the sort of foundation of any successful restaurant. The culture, how we develop the staff, the image we present to the customer, the quality and the products we deliver, all these things, the service, all enter into that culture. So what was it about Ike's that you saw and why were people waiting three hours? So it's a unique sandwich proposition. I mean, there's something right. about the sandwiches. I've been on the website. They look incredible. And again, this is a very competitive space, but the sandwiches are incredible. So Renee, what is it about the sandwiches and why do people wait three hours? I mean, we're talking about culture and the culture, of course, is a foundational element of any successful restaurant. It's about the service. It's about the people that deliver that service, the training behind the people that give people an impression as a customer of what this place is all about. And then there's the food and the quality and the consistency. All those things play into a mission or a culture of a business. What was it about Ike's mm -hmm. and what is it that continues with Ike's that really sets it apart from the competition in such a highly competitive sandwich space? Yeah, I, I mean, I've thought a lot about this because it's a completely unique uh, environment given all my, my history with different companies, right? And, um, and look, like setting the food aside, because as you said, the food is amazing. We'll talk about that later, but, okay. but there's something more there, right? And, you know, when I think about my time as a server in the hospitality industry, the thing that I really loved when you're in with a great team, serving a great product, you have people who genuinely care about the well-being of other people. I care that you're going to have a great experience with my food or at my table. And, 
And there's a caring and genuineness there. So that's what I've loved about hospitality from the beginning and where I see it coming to life at Ike's is all about the, the founder's vision of love and sandwiches. So he'll always say, love comes before sandwiches at Ike's. And I know it sounds kind of crazy to people, but, but it's really true. And we really endeavor to make, make our guests feel loved, feel welcomed, feel uh, that Ike's is this inclusive place um, for people to go. And, and how that transfers to you know, our menu or our product is Ike from the very beginning wanted uh, to serve a great sandwich to people of all different diets or all different uh, ways of eating. So this is you know 13, now coming up on 14 years ago, a full vegetarian menu and a vegan menu, not just a couple sandwiches with like vegan turkey. We have eight different vegan proteins, vegetarian proteins, I should say. Um, we have hundreds, uh, probably over 150 vegetarian options. We serve halal chicken. Uh, we just were at an opening in uh, Del Mar and the community just embraced us. And I don't know how many moms came in and said, I am so excited to be able to bring my kids to a cool place, but have them eat halal. That's important That's to me. Awesome. So, yeah. So, That's a you hook know, right he, there. Yep. Yeah. And, and I was on the forefront of that. You know, mm -hmm. right now, everybody's got a default vegetarian option, right? Um, we've got whole halal restaurants popping up. But Ike was on the forefront of that. And, and people appreciate that. And they, they feel welcomed in because of it. Yeah, but you also have meat lovers sandwiches for those oh, people yeah. that eat traditional sandwiches. So you cover <laughs> the gamut, sure. right? So this yeah, meat for sure. I I appreciate you bringing that around. You know, I'm so enamored by the uh, specialty menu. But yeah, hundred uh, percent. Like, don't don't worry about it. We got your meat. We got uh, you know sandwiches with three or four different kinds of meat on them as well. Yeah, I was amazed to learn, Renee, that you have 800 plus sandwich options across all of those different varieties or specialties, depending on a person's, you know, eating habits or, you know, necessities for health consciousness or whatever. 800, mm -hmm. that seems mm -hmm. like an extensive mm -hmm. amount of ingredients that you bring in and keeping everything fresh and keeping everything churning through the stores and all that. I mean, that must be quite a feat in, in and of itself. For sure, it is. And um, we are really in the process right now. We've hired a, um, a supply chain lead and really standardizing some of the things that we do so we can keep ensuring top quality products uh, across our menu spectrum. But yeah, you know, we just we made that commitment early on. And, and certainly when I came in from another brand, I was surprised at how vast and and really complicated our menu is, but the the love piece of it uh, comes through uh, the employees and they're passionate about learning this brand and learning the vast menu. So that's both the culture for the staff and those that are part of Ike's Love and Sandwiches, but then it's mm -hmm. also a positioning statement for the customer at large, right? Ike's, it is. The love comes before the sandwiches. I really yes. like that. All yeah, right. So that's where yeah. the name comes from. I was going to ask you that question, but you, you <laughs> kind of explained that. So let's talk about um, what year was Ike's founded exactly? Um, 2000. Oh, now, now you're making me do math because we're coming up on our 14th anniversary. So what would that be? 
2009. Yeah. Am I right? Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Let's see. Well, you're close. Um, yeah. Okay. So that's the story. And the, and the brand continues to grow. And it was a West Coast initial start, but now you're pushing across the country regionally. Yeah. We're really concentrated though in the West Coast. The majority of mm-hmm. our stores are in, uh, we, we were founded in Northern California, real strong base here growth uh, in Southern California. Most all of our new store openings uh, to date, uh, which is uh, three of them in this year alone, have been in Southern California. Um, Hugely successful uh, openings. Uh, We do have some units as well in Arizona and a couple uh, auxiliary units in Miami and uh, Vegas. I see. So are they all company-owned stores? You're starting to franchise? We are primarily company-owned and we really have that focus. We do have a few franchisees as well. So interesting. So quite a history and now we're at 80 plus locations and growing. How are things pre-pandemic versus when mm. the pandemic hit and how did all that you know, come to be and what was the strategy with your company-owned stores and the different managers and the communication and, okay, this is our strategy moving forward. You know, this is our damage control. This is our plan. I mean, tell me about that. How did that all come Yeah, out? I mean, well, we, we all lived through it in the, this industry. So um, we, uh, we were coming up on plans that I had to do a complete digital overhaul. Uh, this was uh, January of last year. Uh, Ike's had not put much focus at all on digital marketing technology. We had a, a very outdated uh, app that was clunky. We constantly got complaints about it. A dysfunctional website, uh, just literally very dysfunctional. And so my dream had been, we're going to do a digital marketing overhaul. And we we all worked through the plan and here we come ready to launch in March and last year and you know what happened. So everything went on hold um, and we just really leveraged our uh, good old fashioned marketing email list. I know it sounds crazy, but we did have the only thing that I really felt like I had to pull the lever on was this, this email database. We had people sign up for the A-list. There was no technology behind it. There was no uh, rewards integration. We were really blasting out to about 200,000 people on a much more frequent basis why they should engage with Ikes, why during this tough time we were there for you. We, We ramped up delivery. We met people where they were. But I think most importantly, what we did is um, we really leveraged uh, kind of our, our connection with younger people in social trends. So what we did really out of the gate was we started offering a, we called it a social D special, and it tied into what uh, Ike was binging at the time. So like everybody go back a year. I know we're trying to move on, but you know when we were all on lockdown, it was all about the shows that were on TV, right? Tiger King or Schitt's Creek or oh, yes. all of the shows that people were talking about because we needed something to engage with. Well, we would uh, have Ike every week would create a new sandwich associated with a specific social D show. Uh, so we had Tiger King sandwich for a week for only $5. We would have the Alexis and David from Schitt's Creek 
for $5. Every Friday would be a new Social D sandwich. And with the outpouring of love from our guests for that and the connection that we got, and because it was so on brand for us, it, it really helped carry us through the pandemic, I would say. That was a, a very ingenious idea. And, you know, to tie it to popular culture, and mm-hmm. it just it just seems like a perfect tie-in with your brand. So it was totally on strategy, like you say. Thank you. That's thank terrific. You. I love these ideas, right? <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. So obviously, you know, quick-serve restaurants were in a much better position than full-serve sit-down restaurants were. So there mm-hmm. were pivots, yes, but not to the extent that a lot of the industry, you know, had to pivot. Can you say that uh, there were any initial bumps in the road with consumer confidence? Uh, obviously, communication with your customer through your list and telling them what practices and safe, you know, safe service and sanitation and all that stuff became really, really yeah. important. Yeah. But sharing yeah. the love and saying, we so appreciate your support during this time and we're going to be there for you. And we don't know where this is going, but we're doing our best to serve you and as consistently as before. I'm sure there were lots of messages like that. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think you touched on it. It, there, the, it was such a multi-pronged approach within our organization. So if you think about it, and, and I pride myself, uh, you know, I learned a lot. I said at Carl's Jr. about cross-functional support, but also respect. Um, so I've never worked in a marketing silo. And thank Thank goodness I had that perspective because um, if you think about during the pandemic, there were some immediate urgent needs at the restaurant level. We had to get uh, plexiglass up. We had to make sure Mm -hmm. our crew had masks. Marketing, we had to communicate to our guests in store what we were doing and, and why it was important. So we had you know, an operational focus on keeping our guests safe, keeping our employees safe, making sure they had all the equipment they needed. Then from a marketing standpoint, we had to communicate to the guests what we were doing in store signage. As you guys know, every city and county had different regulations and different requirements for what signage to put up. And then on the supply chain side, you know, we all started experiencing shortages right away. So our supply chain lead um, was also making sure all of our vast ingredients were readily available. So it was an all hands on deck situation. And luckily at Ike's, we're a very collaborative team, not a lot of ego, people just kind of get things done together. So I think that really helped us get through. What are the lead times for new marketing campaigns in your organization? Like you've mentioned <laughs> the social D thing, which I totally love. But as soon as that rolls out, you know, you got to find this balance between continuing to stay with what's worked in the past. That's definitely delivered ROI, but continuing to innovate, keeping on top of what your competitors are doing, playing your best mm-hmm. game, and then mm-hmm. planning ahead for, okay, what's next? What are we going to do after this and after this? Is it like six months from now, we're going to do this? Or is oh my it gosh. earlier than like that? that? Is it a couple of months? <laughs> I, I, mean, I feel like it's six days. Oh, wow. Um, You know, and certainly during, look, we are a very nimble, fast moving organization. I work very closely with Ike, the founder, on making sure that his vision for the brand is incorporated in everything that we do. Um, But I'm not lying when I say six dates. And often during the pandemic, we would develop, you know, Ike would 
we'd align on, let's just say Tiger King sandwich. He would go into a store, build that sandwich. We would communicate to ops, create marketing materials and have that thing in store for $5 within a week because we were changing them every week. So the accelerated pace during the pandemic to ensure that our guests were engaged and happy and having great, a great experience um, was exhilarating and exhausting. Um, but back to your original question, in, in normal time periods, you know, we do try to do an annual calendar, but I, you know, just for the last year, that thing went out the window. We, we just at, uh, at the end of last year, when we started seeing the light, um, of the pandemic out coming out of the pandemic, we resuscitated my marketing technology plan. Um, that had been put on hold because of the pandemic. And I'm happy to say just over the last couple of weeks, we launched a multi-pronged digital revamp for Ike. So um, we were able to get back on track with long-term planning and strategies. Is there any flexibility at the individual store level with their own social media posts or does corporate provide all the marketing that's just adopted chain-wide? How does that work? Yeah, we run, uh, the company runs the digital and the social aspects of the brand. It's really important that we keep focused on the love and sandwiches. Mm -hmm. And look, I, you know, I've found over the years that although uh, general managers and folks at the store level, they might have a passion for social media, we put a lot on their plate asking them to run a small business for us, right? Um, you know, many of our managers are in charge of $2 million restaurants. I want them to focus on running the best four walls restaurant they can let me worry about the Twitter wars that are out there, whatever's going on. So um, okay. we we are are all aligned on that. So that's that's been a really easy lift for us. So the individual stores aren't collecting their own database and building it in each location, or they are, and they're communicating it all one on one with them, or somehow corporate sort of spreads a blanket huh. message. Yeah, the company holds all the data. And again, we'll okay. do all the marketing for the awesome. individual restaurants. So when we were working just with the email list, uh, we had different mechanisms in store by which guests could sign up uh, QR code, uh, table stickers, join the A list and get special deals from Ike. So um, so that was easy. And then the database would come to me. I would work with our creative team to send out the right communication. Now uh, we will, we have an electronic uh, uh, app, a digital app. We also have uh, sign up for the, uh, the digital app in the rewards club at the register. So our guest facing POS prompts a guest uh, to enter their phone number to be part of the uh, the A list club with Ike, so we're we're on our way. We like I said, over two hundred fifty thousand members so far, and um, more to come this summer. That's fantastic, and you would call them raving fans of Ike's. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, sometimes fanatics. Uh, wow. I've been working the last uh, few store openings. Uh, we opened in Del Mar to sixty people in line. Uh, to meet Ike, to get their T-shirt signed by Ike, and get a free sandwich, and um, so these the the warm welcome we're getting from fans is just it's just so awesome. 
So we talked about the 800 plus varieties and you can get things every which way and upside down, but there's still the flavor profile. There's something about the love that goes into the sandwich that really makes them taste better than some of those other well-known sandwich chains out there. Would you, how would you describe that? What is it about the food itself that really makes people go crazy for it? Yeah. I mean, I, I would tell you it's in the secret dirty sauce that he uh-huh. created with his first sandwich. Um, he, he created a, uh, a delicious spread that goes on every sandwich. Uh, they, it's spread on the bread, thrown through the oven, and then sandwich is built upon that base. So um, it, it just makes an Ike sandwich very distinctive and very flavorful and everything you put on after that just is there. Those flavors are amplified. So um, it, it is a secret dirty sauce, but, okay. uh, yep. but the secret is in the sauce. I we, would say. we won't ask for the recipe, but we yeah, get yeah. it. That's a competitive <laughs> advantage unto itself. Yeah. Closely guarded yeah. secret. Yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. Under lock and key at Ike's house. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's that's very cool. Let's talk about the digital app and all the functionality of it, and people can order remotely and all that sort of thing. And you're also delivering as well, still. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, look in hindsight, this marketing technology revamp uh, had so many different tentacles. I think if I if I had it to do over again, I maybe would have tried to unwind it, but everything is so interrelated. So. Uh, just quickly, so everybody understands, um, we did not have prior to this relaunch uh, mobile or web-based ordering. You had to download the app, and again, the app was very clunky. So mm-hmm. the idea was to get or meet people where they are. So whether they're on their phone, they don't want to deal with an app, they can now order Ike's. They're at their desktop or laptop. They can order uh, that way. Now, the app does give you the benefit of tying everything together with a great rewards program. And our rewards program is uh, pretty unique, I think. So at varying levels, you can uh, not only qualify for a delicious sandwich, but you can get an exclusive Ike t-shirt. Um, our t-shirts are super popular. They're very cool. And um, so people love that they can save up their points and get a great Ike's t-shirt that's exclusive that nobody else, you know, outside these 500 people will have. Um, and then at the end of the year, what we're doing are exclusive Ike VIP parties. So our 25 uh, top fans um, based on sales and or number of visits, we'll get to go to an exclusive party with Ike in LA, um, in Hollywood, and it's going to be a ton of fun. We're gonna we're putting together a really really exclusive event for those folks. Wow, that's awesome! So yeah, Ike's meeting with the people. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, they love yeah. him. They love him. I'm. Mean, it's. Uh, like I said, it's really fun to see the interaction between Ike and and how people love the food and it transfers so easily to our founder and the face of the brand. So, you know, they've been eating Ike's for 13 years and looking at his picture on cups and packaging mm-hmm. and then they meet the man in person. Uh, some of them get starstruck. It's kind of it's kind of fun to see. 
Well, you know, he's got a very interesting, you know, grooving kind of California guy look, doesn't he? And yeah. I'm sure I've seen the illustration of Ike. Does he still look just like the illustration? He certainly does. Yeah. yeah. Well, awesome. you know, hey, we're all a couple of years older. Sure, sure, yeah. sure. He looks pretty good. That's fantastic. <laughs> Let's talk about the R&D. How often do you roll out new ideas for the menu? And what's the process like? And do you do focus groups and all that sort of thing with yeah, raving no, fans? No. How does that work? Yeah, no no focus groups because, you know, Ike is the, uh, the, the we call him our sandwich wizard. And oh. he really gets inspiration in different places. So every restaurant will open with two or three local exclusives. So depending on the specific area and what's going on in that area, he'll develop a sandwich exactly for that area. Um, And then he also finds inspiration with sports uh, celebrities, folks that seek him out, like, Ike, I really want to have a sandwich. Um, You'll notice on our menu, we've got a lot of Giants and A's uh, baseball player sandwiches because that's where we were founded and those are the people who came in and and loved Ike. So two of our top sellers are named after former Giants uh, players, Matt Cain and Madison Bumgardner. Those are two of the top sellers. And then uh, the third seller is called the Menage, Menage a Trois, uh, it's a chicken, honey, three cheese sandwich, three cheese. So um, we have some fun, flirty, uh, irreverently named sandwiches, um, but they all have at their core inspiration from Ike. And whether it's a people, whether it's people or places um, or things, he, he finds inspiration and creates these amazing sandwiches around them. That's- so no R&D. Yeah. No, uh, you know, I, I will, uh, I'll, I'll find a unique ingredient that I think might be fun for him to play with, have it shipped to his uh, location. He'll be, yes, that was great. Or no, it's not working. And we just keep moving. So it's very iterative and, um, and pretty fluid, not corporate at all. Uh, you know, to your point at Carl's Jr., we would have a, a, a year to develop a product and, hundreds of focus groups and testings and tastings. And nope, that's not what we do at Ike's. That's great. So you're zigging, not zagging. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I love the irreverence and the innuendo. You know, I think the public really responds to the unique, creative, and sometimes suggestive dames that just sort of add a little play, you know, play a little fun with, with the food, which is awesome. And I'm sure they perfectly align with the individual sandwich themselves and people are just dying to try something new. So that's, that's really cool. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I you know, like, a, again, the love comes before sandwiches and the love is, you know, expressed in a lot of different ways where we are kind of audacious and fun and flirty as a brand. And we embrace that. We're not trying to be overly politically correct. We are trying to be very sensitive and inclusive, um, but we're not going to shy away from some fun, flirty names. Do you do any indoor seating at all? Uh, We're just looking at opening that up as our uh, COVID restrictions lift. Traditionally, pre-COVID, yeah, we do have, you know, small footprint restaurants for the most part with, you know, 20 20 tables. But we have right now uh, about 50% half 
of our orders are to go. They're either delivered or to go, but they're they're taken uh, and and taken to people's homes or offices or businesses. You know, we're a sandwich chain. People love to grab the sandwich and head to the beach or the park or the uh, you know go out on a picnic. So. So we embrace that. It sounds like you and I both take such a hands-on approach to all the thousands of details of running this business from the 30,000-foot view, of course. Do you find your own real estate or do you have real estate experts that are constantly seeking out new locations? Yeah, well, you know, it's uh, Ike as the founder and the, you know, the, the, the vision of the brand. And then we have our uh, CEO, Mike. Goldberg. And he's wearing a lot of hats too. Look, we're a nimble, uh, small company for having 80 restaurants. And Mike is working directly on on finding all of the sites. And uh, he's been hitting home runs. So maybe he'll keep that hat on for a while. You know what the magic formula is for the real estate and locations in terms of... I'm just uh, curious if you know what that formula is. Yeah, no, I mean, I wish there was a magic formula. Definitely, we ch- we look for high traffic areas with daily use. Um, mm-hmm. Great visibility is really important. But you know, from a real estate standpoint, we're not going in and paying top dollar for the the A sites. That's not our strategy. Actually, conversely, over the last couple of years, most of our sites have been acquired from previous sandwich chains that have gone out of business, and uh, so it could be. A Togo's, my former employer. Mm-hmm. It could be a Jersey Mike's, a Subway. We, yeah. We've just yeah. taken over uh, a Subway in Culver City and we're hitting it out, out of the park. So um, where other sandwich chains that are more pedestrian have failed, Ike's has found an opportunity to go in and, and get a great site with low rent and, and, and a very little uh, remodel uh, and, and bring our sandwiches to communities throughout California. No kidding. I used to live in Manhattan Beach for three years back in the oh. day. I kind of miss it. I mean, I had a, I'm an East Coast guy that moved to California for a couple of years, and that was a lot of fun. And then I just had an opportunity two weeks ago to go to a birthday party in Oceanside. And we are in Carlsbad and San Diego. And do you have any locations down there? In that yeah, area? well, it's so funny. You mentioned Manhattan Beach right here on my desk. I have a Manhattan Beach uh, coming soon sign ready to go. So we have a Fantastic. site in Manhattan beach. We'll be open there this fall. Uh, we just opened in San Diego in Del Mar. We have already three units in San Diego proper, but we, uh, our, our last opening was just in Del Mar, California. And that's actually where that, that story occurred where people where mothers were coming in and thanking us for the, uh, the awesome. variety of our food. Yeah. So let's talk about ambiance because I'm a huge believer. I mean, there's three important things in my book for successful restaurants, food, service, ambiance, all that sort of thing. So when you mm-hmm. walk into a typical Ike's, sort of take me through what are the, what do I see? Like, what is the um, vibe? I mean, what are the staff wearing? It's like, what are the colors? All that kind of stuff. It looks like chaos a little bit and that's <laughs> really? okay. But for us. Yeah. Um, our interior design is uh, developed by a, uh, Mike and myself, uh, we we know our brand colors and our brand uh, sayings and the focus. And we go into restaurants and um, we we use a lot of vibrant colors like purple and yellows, and it creates this energy. Uh, we also have inchi- iconic sayings that we put in the restaurants. So one of them is uh, "This ain't your mama's sandwich shop." 
which is very true. And, um, and again, a lot of energy. We don't at this time have uh, uniforms required for our, our employees. We encourage them to wear t-shirts that they have. They could be Ikes. They don't have to be Ikes. We want them to express their individual personalities. I like so, that. Um, yeah. And we're just, you know, we're jamming in those restaurants. Uh, we have Ike's playlist. Uh, he picks a, a lot of the music. He's got a very eclectic um, sense of, of the energy that the staff enjoys. So we really, you know, we pick the environment, the uniforms, the music for the for our crew members. Because the, if they're feeling the love and they're happy, it translates over directly to our guests. You, we've all walked into a restaurant where there's a pissed off hostess or mm-hmm. uh, oh, yeah. you know, a surly waiter. And no matter how great the food is, you're not going to have a good experience. So we really put the focus on how do we make the crew happy and, and jamming, and then they're going to carry it over to our guests. What's the strategy for onboarding new people to infuse the love and the vibe and the culture into someone so that they can hit the ground running really quickly and deliver that type of experience to your guest? That's a great question. I, I think, you know, we're just coming into understanding how best to train um, this evolving generation. I, I know in the past, everything was really very tribal at Ike's. Um, which is easy to replicate when you're uh, 10, 12, 20 restaurants. You've got, we've got, still have quite a few employees that have been with Ike since the beginning. So we re- rely on them to kind of convey the Ike's um, culture and vibe. But as we've grown, we know that's not replicable forever. And we have to understand a way to really take that tribal knowledge institutionalize it a little bit, but still keep that, that awesome vibe that we have. So I'd say that's a work in progress right now. That's cool. All right. But it sounds like they instantly get it because the staff that are, it's all about fun, right? If you're not having fun, why do it? So it seems like the team, there's a chemistry camaraderie of the team that's there and it's instantly recognizable by a new person and they either fit or they don't. And if they, they they immediately start to assimilate Mm -hmm. that vibe and that culture because Mm -hmm. it just sort of spreads by osmosis. That's at least what happened in my restaurants. That's right, right? Yeah. You you yeah. walk in and and look, the other reason we all love restaurants is it's a little family. It create, you know, it you is. create a little family, you care about each other, mm-hmm. you help each other. So yeah, you want your family to be fun. So um so that's what we strive for. What about your team? Do you have a small team, medium-sized team? I mean, tell me about the people that work with you and and what they do as opposed to what you do. Do you set the vision and then they execute? Like tell yeah. us about well, I mean, up until about a year ago, my team was me. Um, again, I, you know, when I, I can't emphasize enough how, uh, how much of a startup type uh, organization Ike's is and, and has functioned successfully. But um, Mike and I have both looked at the organization in terms of where we want to be in five years and how do we get there. So look, I can't be... Uh, I can't be developing marketing technology strategy and putting up posters at the same time. So, so yes, I've grown my team um, about a year ago in advance of knowing we we were going to get through COVID and knowing we were going to resuscitate the uh, digital revamp. 
I brought in a, a young woman named uh, Brianna Devereaux. She came from CPK, great background in digital marketing. And she had worked with the partner I had chosen for our digital marketing uh, rewards and app, Patronix. So uh, she has been amazing. I, there is no way I could have gotten uh, launched with digital marketing without her. And so I'm forever grateful for that. And uh, she's, um, she's still uh, working through the kinks with us right now, but uh, she's going to be a great asset going forward as well. And then uh, another young woman named Megan Oppelt, who really helps me with creative branding and uh, local store marketing. So we are, that's about it. We are a, a small, nimble team and um, looking to grow certainly uh, in the near future. Well, you have a very colorful concept, and I wonder if it's any sort of irony that uh, you have a Mike and Ike, and Mike and Ike is a very <laughs> colorful, iconic, very old candy brand with a similar yeah. vibe. That's cool. Yeah, I love Mike and Ike's, and yeah, right. we've uh, we've played around with that idea in the past as yeah. well. Have we missed anything? We've covered quite a bit of ground today in the podcast. Yeah, I know we have. Um, I don't think so. I just I'm. I'm I'm just thrilled to be able to share the Ike story. As you can tell, I'm really excited about it. And, you know, we're we're looking forward to hitting, you know, 100 restaurants this year, another 100 next year. And then, you know, who knows what the, what the limit is for Ike. So I'm hoping your listeners will get to try an Ike sandwich soon um, and that will be coming to a, a city near them and they can taste what we're talking about. Fantastic. So the website is ikessandwich.com. Mm -hmm. And I thank you, Renee, for being with us today on the podcast. That was the Restaurant Rockstars podcast audience. Thanks again for listening in, and we will see you in the next episode. Guys, I know there are a lot of really powerful nuggets of marketing information in this episode. Renee really shared some of their really killer promotions, their rewards programs. You know, it's a really exciting part of the business when you really have all these creative ideas to throw out there and see what really sticks on very little money, of course, which I'm a big fan of. You know, what's really cost effective? Where's the return on investment coming from? Um, so thanks to Renee for sharing all of her wisdom in this episode. You know, on top of marketing, which is critically important, there are two other really powerful things that make a successful restaurant. I call it the magic dust. There are three things. There's obviously staff training, development, recognition and rewards. There's cost controls and maximizing profit. And then, of course, there's called marketing firepower and what I call affinity, you know, that powerful sense of longing, belonging, I should say to a favorite place, and then spreading that word through social media and telling everyone you know, this is my place, this is why I go there, this is you know what's great about it, what's cool about it. So those three things are what I call the foundation of any successful restaurant. So in order to do that, you need systems. So why not check out our Restaurant Rockstars Academy at restaurantrockstars.com. It is a turnkey, 24-7, complete course on how to do all three of those things. Put those three systems in place in your operation. So check it out. Thanks for listening. Please leave us a review on iTunes and uh, I'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to, to the, the Restaurant, Restaurant Rockstars, Rockstars podcast. For lots of great resources, head over to restaurantrockstars.com. See you next time.